listening to Victory Alabang Podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. Alright, good morning church. How are you doing today? Welcome to church. Uh, for those of you who are here uh, joining us on site and for those of you joining us from your own homes, uh, welcome. Welcome to the new normal. Welcome to Alert Level 1. Can we just give the Lord a hand that we are all here, we're safe, we're still uh, doing proper protocol and uh, social distancing, but maybe next week you're going to be sitting side by side. We're going to be uh, slowly uh, increasing, but we want to make sure that everybody feels safe and that uh, we will adjust to this new normal. I realize that Alert Level number 1, this is it. You know, there's no more alert level number zero, right? <laughs> and, um, you know, whatever it is that we do from here, in fact, the IATF already has opened the doors for us to meet like 100%, but we're, we're still going to be, um, you know, be responsible in making sure that everybody uh, adjusts slowly to this new norm. And so, uh, uh, once again, for those of you joining us, my name is Pastor Ariel Marquez. I'm one of the pastors of this congregation. And Today, uh, maybe you're, you've noticed that we have a different series. We're taking a short break, actually, or a pause from our series, uh, Steady and Sure. We took two weeks to do that, and then we're going to pick it up sometime in uh, July. And uh, today, we're uh, starting a new series on the book of Haggai, uh, entitled Tayo. Okay, everybody say Tayo. Tayo, or it's a Tagalog word, uh, which means to stand or to build. Tayo, okay? Don't. Don't tayo right now, okay? Uh, you can uh, upo, okay? Uh, tayo means to stand. Tayo means to build. And tayo means together. Look at the person beside you and just uh, wink, wink uh, at that person. And uh, just indicating that you are, you know, walking with each other together. We're, you know, you know, we're here in the same uh, spiritual family. And um, I also believe that together... We are Filipinos. We're, you know, we're asking the Lord to bless and help build this nation. So uh, we'd like to welcome you to this brand new series, uh, Tayo. And so um, we know that we definitely need to stand on the promises of God. The reason why it's Tayo is because, you know, we want to be sure that we know where we stand and that if we stand on God's word and God's promise, how many of you know that is stable and sure? Stable and sure. And so we it's still connected to our preaching uh, last week. And so we're asking the Lord, Lord, help us restore our nation so that as we build together, tayo, as we build together, we will see your grace and your presence uh, upon this land. And so uh, we are so aware of the upcoming election. How many of you are already uh, preparing your candidates? You're, you're actually maybe uh, writing down your list. Okay, hopefully you're not fighting with people, okay? Uh, let's, let's be responsible, okay, as um, you know, brothers and sisters uh, in the Lord. And I know that this is a crucial moment in our nation's history, this upcoming election. And as we pray and decide uh, on our, you know, government officials, uh, we know that we are not just deciding for May 5 or May whenever that election will be, but we are deciding for the future of our nation. But, you know, the Bible offers us a good reminder that, yes, we're interested in building our nation, but how many of you know that if we build God's house first, He will help build our land? Amen. 
Because I believe that whatever it is, the, the, the church is merely a reflection of our nation. And so building God's temple should be our priority. And as we build God's house, I also believe that He will help build us our land. And so we're going to be looking at the book of Haggai in the next four weeks. As we go through Haggai, we will reflect on God's reminders of His people. Haggai is actually part of the Old Testament. Haggai is considered to be one of the minor prophets. Minor not because he's lesser than Elijah or Ezekiel or Isaiah. Minor because he's written uh, only a few um, prophecies. But it's so important because these are landmark prophetic words for the nation of Israel. That helped them rebuild their land after a long exile in the nation of Babylon. And so we can find parallelism. Uh, with us today after a long exile in the pandemic. Uh, not 70 years, but just merely two years. But yet we know also that God will um, help us build and rebuild where we have uh, our land. So I'd like to encourage everybody to uh, open your uh, Bibles to the book of Haggai. Maybe some are saying it's Haggai or Haggai or Haggai. Uh, but it's Haggai. Haggai is actually, if you're having difficulty finding the book of Haggai, just turn to the last chapter or last book of the Old Testament, Malachi, the Italian prophet, Malachi, okay? And then turn left, three books, Zechariah, and then you'll find Haggai, okay? And then let's all stand up together as we give reverence to the Word of God because we'll be reading this out together. Tayo, okay? Magbabasa tayo ng Biblia. And we're going to be reading from verses 1 to 15. Now, if you look at the book of Haggai, Haggai is only two chapters. So practically, we're reading the entire chapter 1, okay? So hang in there because this is such a nice story to read. I know that this may actually have some serious undertones, but it's going to be encouraging in the end, Haggai chapter 1, verse 1. In the second year of Darius, the king in the uh, sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai, the prophet of Zerubbabel. Okay? If you are looking for a name for your baby, this pandemic, a nice name, Zerubbabel. Okay? Zebzeb or Zebi okay? uh, is a nickname. So the son of Sheltiel. He's the governor of Judah, Zerubbabel. And to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. So these are the two main characters where the Lord is speaking to. In verse 2, it says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai, the prophet. Is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses? While this house lies in ruins. Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Everybody say, consider your ways. Can we say those words again? Consider your ways. Verse 6. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does Thus so to put them into a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Say those words again. Consider your ways. Consider. 
Go up to the hills and bring wood and build a house that I may take pleasure in it and that I may be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much and behold, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why? declares the Lord of hosts. Because of my house that lies in ruins while each of you busies himself with his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you have withheld the dew and the earth has withheld its produce. And I have called for a drought on the land and the hills, on the grain, the new wine, the oil, on what the ground brings forth, on man and beast, and on all their labors. Verse 12, Then Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, and Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed. Everybody say, obeyed. Obeyed the voice of their God and the words of the Haggai, the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent him. And the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, spoke to the people with the Lord's message. I am with you. Everybody say, I am with you. And that is one sentence or statement that we always want to hear from God. I am with you, declares the Lord. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of the remnant of the people. And they came and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts their God on the 24th day of the month, in the sixth month, in the second year of Darius the king. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's bow our heads and pray. Thank you, Lord, for our time together. I pray, God, that you would bless the preaching of your word. Encourage your people today that as we seek your house, as we seek your kingdom first, you will add all things unto us. Bless the preaching of your word today. And I pray, God, that you would encourage everyone today to look to you for the ultimate hope for this land. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may all be seated. Medyo serious yung prophecy ni Haggai. Just to give us a context of the story of the Israelites where we find our um, place in history. If you are familiar with uh, the journey of the Israelites about 787, oh, sorry, 587 BC, King Nebuchadnezzar conquered Jerusalem and brought as uh, exiles, some of the people into the land of Babylon. Now, what he did was King Nebuchadnezzar actually chose between those that are smart, good-looking, highly competent leaders in the land, and he chose them, and he actually uh, brought them into the land. And some of those people were Daniel. How many of you are familiar with Daniel? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were the finest of all men. They were the cream of the crop. And then the common men and those who are ordinary, he actually let them stay behind Judah. Now look at the person beside you and ask, will you be the one to go to Babylon? Or will you be the one to remain in Judah? Pang Babylon yan, okay? Competent. The best of the best. And they stayed there for about 70 years. 70 years in exile. The people of God were in Babylon. And yet, how many of you know that even during the time of exile, God was with His people? 
God was with Daniel. We know the story of Daniel. God was, was with Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. And God walked in the fiery furnace together with them. He never left them nor forsaken them. How many of you know that even during the time of pandemic, God has never left us nor has forsaken us. Amen. Come on now. We're still here. We're still standing. We're still strong by the grace of God. Thank you, Lord. What's amazing was this story because even during the time of the history of the Babylonian Empire, another empire came, which is the Persian Empire. Just, you know, just study your history. The Persian Empire came, and another unbelieving king. But then if you look at Ezra chapter 1, God has stirred the heart of this Persian king. And in, in Ezra chapter 1 verse 2, if you can read this, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, the Lord of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has charged me to what? To build him a house in Jerusalem, which is Judah. Whoever is among you, and he was now talking to the Jews, Whoever is among you of all his people, may his God be with him and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and rebuild the house of the Lord, the God of Israel. He is the God who is in Jerusalem. King Cyrus, a Persian king who's not even a believing king. How many of you know that God can use anyone in order to advance the kingdom of God and God's agenda? And I hope that this particular story can inspire us. That no matter who sits in our local government, our national government, as president, vice president, senators, ultimately God is in charge. Can I hear an amen? amen. But pastor, kailangan ito'y boto natin. Yes, andyan ako. But what if your candidate does not win? Do we throw our, you know, ourselves down to the ground and say, wala na pagkasa ang bansa natin? In this particular case, King Cyrus was not even a, he was a Gentile king. But yet God used him for his purpose and for his glory to bring back to the nation of Jerusalem, back to the promised land, a chosen people so that they can start rebuilding his nation and his house, his temple again. And so, I know that we are so excited or maybe looking forward to God moving in our land, but ultimately this is God's agenda. Amen. And God has a plan and a purpose for our land. He will take care of the Philippines. Amen. And aren't you glad that in this day and age that God has protected us, you know, even during this time of the pandemic. Now, going back to the passage, you know, the passage of Haggai was given to Zerubbabel and to Joshua. And so the Lord was asking, what time is it? And we notice the repetition of the reference to the time and the comparison between the status of God's people and God's agenda for the nation. And so in verse 2, we pick it up again. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, these people say that the time has not yet come to build the house of the Lord. It isn't time yet. You know, they have actually been back in Jerusalem for about 20 years. When they came back, you know, they actually start rebuilding the, people, uh, the, the, the walls 
And so after rebuilding the walls, they now started the temple. But because of some opposition, you can read that in the book of Ezra and in the book of Nehemiah. There was some opposition. So the work of the temple of God stopped. And the people started to focus on their own houses. And so God is now questioning, you know, these people say that the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. They're making so many excuses. You know, Lord, my business is growing and I don't have time to build the house of the Lord. You know, I'm building my portfolio and I think it's an opportune time for me to really be, uh, you know, competent and excellent in my craft and in my skill. So I don't have time to build the house of the Lord. I'm still building my house. You know, I am extending my second floor. You know, I'm expanding. I want to build a swimming pool. You know, you know my, my children don't want the, you know, the inflatable pool anymore. They want a regular pool. You know, I want to build a jacuzzi in my house. You know, the people started building their own house while the house of the Lord remained in ruin. But Lord, I just got married. I don't have time to build a house of God. But Lord, I'm not yet married. I don't have time to build a house of God. Lord, I'm desperate to get married. <laughs> I don't have time to build a house. I'm looking for a partner. And the people were procrastinating in building the house of God, which was the reason why they were there in the first place. When King Cyrus said, I'm sending back a people of God to go back to the promised land to help rebuild the temple of God, the house of the Lord. Somehow they were distracted and they actually misaligned their priorities because they started enjoying the fruit of the land. And the word of the Lord came by the hand of the, uh, the prophet Haggai. It, is it a time for you? And this is now the Lord asking the people, is this the time for you to dwell in your paneled houses while this house the house of the Lord lies in ruin? Is this the time for you to, you know, when you, when you look at the scripture and when you, you know, the Hebrew word for paneled houses, it's not like the prefab house, right? We're familiar with paneled houses, right? Prefab. But, you know, in, in the Hebrew uh, language, when you say paneled houses, what it means for us today is fancy. What it means for us today is extravagant. You have started living in your extravagant houses while the house of the Lord remains in ruin. Somehow the temple represents the place where God dwelled among His people. Remember the time when Solomon was building the temple of God and you know, when he dedicated the temple, it was filled with smoke and the presence of the Lord filled that temple. And the reason why they were there in the first place is because of this purpose. They want to be able to reestablish themselves again as a nation and the one that represents them as a nation is the presence of God. They neglected the one thing which is important as the catalyst in their exile and going back in the first place. They lost their focus. That's the reason why God said to them, consider your ways. Everybody say, consider your ways. Consider your ways. God has identified, 
you know, some problems because he was saying that, you know, consider your ways, give careful thought of your action. Think about what you're doing and what's happening as a result. You know, you're busy building your own home. You're busy, you know, building your business. For what? To put them in purses with holes in them? And so, this is a very serious reminder. It's not even a judgment from God. It was actually a message of introspection or evaluation. God was not judging His people. God wants to bless His people. How many of you know God wants to bless His people? God, though, is reminding them that this is what you need to put first and then the blessings will come. So Haggai's message was not a message of judgment. It's a message of diagnosis. So what are the symptoms he was finding out? Let's talk about what's happening in your life. Consider your ways. That's why he said, you have sown much, but yet harvested little. I mean, you're hardworking. You've put in, you know, not only eight hours work per day, but sometimes 10, 12, 16 hours of work, but yet the return is not commensurate to the effort that you put in. You have sown much, but harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. How many of you know people like this? Laging gutom. Iba yata hindi problema yun. You know, yung 12 o'clock na, ano ba pwede ko kainin sa ref? You know, talang, sanay na sanay sa pandemic, you know. How many of you know how that this pandemic has given us a pandemic stomach? Always hungry. You eat, but you never have enough. They were only attaining a certain amount of harvest, but there's no breakthrough. It's never enough. Never, never. <laughs> never enough. How I wish that they have actually had some form of success and satisfaction from their labor, but you know, because of what they have been doing, misaligned or misplaced priorities, whatever it is that they have been doing, sowing and sowing and sowing, Lord, bless me, Lord, bless me. I mean, if you pray that prayer. And the Lord said, I want to bless you, my son. I want to bless you, my daughter. Build my house. Put God first. They wear clothes, but they don't feel warm. I have no problem with this, actually. <laughs> I want it always cold. And he who earns wages does so, does so to put them into a bag with holes. Have you tried saving up and investing only to realize that you have been scammed? <laughs> eh, pastor, ang ganda ng forex eh. Bitcoin or kaya crypto, di ba? Ayun, na-crypto ka rin. <laughs> no, and I have nothing against cryptocurrency. You know, there are sound investments out there. That's great. Stocks, that's great. But what the Lord is saying is, if we fail to put God first, and if we think that by our own competence and by our own discards, you know what discards means? Discarte. Discards. 
that you can actually become successful. I love looking at your faces. I'm sorry. <laughs> I get just starstruck with you guys. <laughs> because we're talking to live audience here. But let's be reminded. God is just reminding them. He wasn't judging them. He was just telling them, guys, consider your ways. There was not a true satisfaction nor fulfillment for the work or the effort that they have put in. Nothing. Can you relate with this? You, have to, you don't have to raise up your hands, okay? Just raise your eyebrow if you can relate to this. Pastor, I know someone. You're always working. You're always doing something. You're always busy. Seems like you're running on a treadmill. You know, your heart is pumping. Your heart rate is about 161, you know, rate per minute. But you're not going anywhere. Always on a survival mode, but never successful. Somehow, what you look, when you look at your situation, you live from paycheck to paycheck. And when your income is about to come, it came to pass. It came to pass. I believe we don't have to live that way. Because I believe that as children of God, you and I are destined to be blessed beyond measure. Amen. You and I are destined to be the head and not the tail. You and I are destined to be the lender and never the borrower. You and I are destined to help people and not be the one asking for help. That's our destiny. Amen. Come on now. That's our destiny. There's no difference between pre-pandemic, in-pandemic, and post-pandemic because the presence of God has always been with us. And I've heard stories, brilliant, successful stories that people did during the pandemic and even though they lost opportunities or jobs because they put God first, they have actually been given by God new ideas and they were even better today than during the pandemic. Put God first. Thus saith the Lord, consider your ways. He said this again twice. Now, the first time was a message of evaluation. This time, it's a message of action. Consider your ways. In verse 7, go up to the hills. Now, he's telling them what you should be doing. Consider your ways. Go up to the hills. Bring wood. Build a house. For what? And the ultimate goal is this, that I may take pleasure in it and I may be glorified. Do you realize that when God receives pleasure, He is also pleased to bless His children? Ultimately, we're not doing this for our own glory. We're not trying to build this nation just for our own sake so that we can actually be you know, uh, happy Filipinos, or we can have, to be, have, have a great nation. We dare not be like the, the, you know, the people who built the Tower of Babel, who built a name for themselves and forgot about God. 
we are building something with God. And when God is pleased, when God is glorified, God will take care of us. And the result of the inaction of the building of God's house was this. He now is telling them, you looked for much and behold, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Can you relate to this? I mean, you brought home your income and then God said, where is it? Nawala. Eh kasi hindi mo ko inuna. Why, declares the Lord, because of my house that lies in ruins. Wow. While each of you busies himself with his own house. Therefore the heavens above you have withheld the dew. And the earth has withheld its produce. Don't you realize that when God blesses, it's all 360? From the heavens above and to the earth below. And when God releases a blessing, guess what? Nothing can stop the blessing of God. Nothing. It's all over the place. And I have called for a drought on the land and the hills, on the grain and the new wine, the oil on what the ground brings forth, on the man and the beast and all their labor. Now what should we do? Put God first. Put God first. He's saying to the people, consider your ways, guys. Put me first. If we put God first, how many of you know that God will take care of the rest? If we put God first, and we are so familiar with this passage in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, all we need to do is just to live it. Diba? Can we all read this out loud? Ready? One, two, three. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. There must be a priority for the kingdom of God. And the Jews put the priority upside down. They were seeking for the things and not the things of God. Guess what? If you seek first the stuff, the blessing of God will stop. Don't seek the stuff. Seek God. And as we seek God, and as we follow the ways of God, and as we do the things of God, and as we seek the kingdom of God, guess what? All the stuff will just chase us and follow us. All these things will be added unto you without even looking for them. Come on now. Amen. You don't have to strive. The blessing of God, I believe, is just given to His people with His pleasure because of His favor. Another word for favor is we are supposedly God's favorites. Proverbs chapter 3 in the a Living Bible says, in, in everything you do, but, no, put God, <laughs> not but God first, okay? Put God first, and He will direct you and crown your efforts with success. You know, a very familiar passage that I've been reading about the blessing of God. Maybe some of you, this is your memory verse. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. In the ESV, it says, The blessing of the Lord makes rich, and He adds no sorrow with it. Amen. You know, when God blesses, there's no sorrow attached to it. But, Pastor, you know, 
I know that God's blessing me, but I have problems with my business or with my work. I'm not saying that there's not going to be any problem. What I'm saying is there's not going to be any sorrow. There's a big difference. Because how many of you know that life, we will have problems. In this world, you will have trouble. But have peace because I have overcome the world, Jesus said. And so, when the blessing of the Lord comes, the Bible says, He will make rich. In the NIV, it says, the blessing of the Lord brings what? Brings wealth without painful toil for it. You know, another word for the blessing of God is God's favor. God's favor. When the Lord blesses us, the favor of God is resting upon us. And I realize when you talk about the favor of God, there's no time limit for the favor of God. The favor of God works not only when you're in your office, not only when you're working, not only when you're putting something in your business. The favor of God works even while you're sleeping. 24-7. And it says, The favor of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. Even if you're not working, the favor of God surrounds you. Amen. Come on now. The favor of God is moving for us. Because even, you know, even my prayer is this. You know, one of the, the scriptures says, you know, uh, surround us with your favor. Us with a shield. That when you wake up in the morning, the favor of God is already there. It's waiting for you. When you go out of your home, the favor of God is already there. When you go to the office, the favor of God is there. When you go to your school, the favor of God is with you. And the favor of God means that you are God's favorite. Without even striving, the blessing comes. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth. And he has, he has no trouble to it. He has no sorrow to it. Without painful toil in it. Consider your ways. Put God first. Build God's house. We're not just talking about having a building. We're talking about the kingdom. We're talking about the church. We're talking about the capital C church of God. We're not just talking about Victory Alabang. We're talking about the agenda of God. What is in your agenda? Your agenda ought to be the agenda of God. Because you know what? If you put in your calendar the agenda of God, God will put in His calendar His agenda for you. And He will take care of you. And He will bless you. And He will make sure that you are going to be overflowing with the blessings of God. And so we see that in verse 14... It says, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel. And he said, and they came and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. When the people heard the voice of God, they considered their ways. They started putting things in order. And I believe that the blessing of God came upon the house. And that is so true today as well. You know, many times we're just too focused on our own self, on our own need. We say, ah, I missed the Lazada sale, sighing in 3-3. I missed the sale. Can you imagine? Sometimes our problem is just so trivial. 
na miss ko yung discount. You know? Or I woke up with a pimple, or I, you know, oh no, I'm so dark, you know. And sometimes we are too focused on ourselves, we forget that there's a bigger world out there that has greater problems than us. There's a world out there that is in need where the kingdom of God is. And you know, when you talk about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is not just the church. The kingdom of God is everywhere. The kingdom of God is in the government. The kingdom of God is in your home. The kingdom of God is in schools. The kingdom of God is in the nations of the world. Amen. And how many of you know that the kingdom of God also is over the nation of Ukraine? Come on now. I believe that God is moving not only in that nation, but in the nations of the world. Yes. Vladimir Putin is actually doing something against Ukraine but God is using this situation that ultimately His name will be glorified. Amen. That the kingdom of God will advance and the church will be established strong. Not only in Ukraine, but you know, who, else, who knows? Maybe in NATO, God's using this situation as a showcase for His glory. I want to just show you a two-minute video of the report of our pastors, our every nation pastors from the nation of Ukraine. Can we just show the video? Well, first of all, I would like to take a chance and thank everybody who are deeply touched by support of our global family. We're grateful for your prayers and we feel them. And thank you for financial support. We have been using them actively. We changed our facility into refugee camp and we can receive up to 200 refugees in our building. As soon as our church members filled their homes, we started filling our church venue. We put mattresses on floor. We have a little kitchen, shower, toilets, everything. My home turned into a call center. Our church people are on a standby, going to bus stations at 2, 4 a.m. sometimes to look for people they, they, they had never met. Our city gathered on the first day 150 tons of supplies for Lviv. We've been praying that in all this chaos, Holy Spirit would overcome the chaos and arrange and link people so the resources would not be wasted but would make the biggest possible impact. And we've been seeing stories that seems like God is answering our prayers. I really am praying for blessings and uh, revival coming out of the situation. There are 16 young guys from our churches here, Love and Healing Churches, that have been drafted to the army and go to fight to the front. Even though there is terrible physical suffering, this is spiritual battle. In times like these, you can tell the difference between being part of an organization or being a part of a spiritual family. We know this is not a simple war. This is a spiritual war as well for the heart and soul of people. And we believe God has special place in his heart for Ukraine. These are our brothers and sisters. We are part of them. This is every nation Ukraine. We're part of this global movement. And I believe that God's opening doors that we can actually help minister. In fact, 
the Philippine Church, at least the Metro Manila churches, are sending 1 million pesos as donation in order for the relief efforts for Ukraine. Can we just give the Lord a hand for that? God is amazing. And we want to thank you. Those of you who have given to our Ukraine Relief Fund, it's blessing the nations. And as I prepare to end, you know, I also believe that when you talk about building the church, yes, it's advancing the kingdom of God, but it's also calling us as a body, as a spiritual family. In, uh, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, it says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but what? Your fellow citizens. Look at the person beside you. Fellow citizens. Citizens where? With saints and the members of the whole household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple unto God. We're also building this house. God's house is no longer just a physical edifice. Back in the day, in the Old Testament, when you talk about the house of God, it's a temple. But in the New Testament, when you talk about the house of God, it's the people. We are the temple of the living God. First Corinthians talks about that. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. In this particular case, we are first citizens of heaven. Amen? Our citizenship first is in heaven. Second is we are Filipino citizens. And third, we are senior citizens, okay? Third lang yun, third. And I long to see the 20% someday. But why build God's house? As I said earlier, it's ultimately for God's glory. Ultimately for God's glory, amen. Not our glory, not to us, O Lord, but to your name, we bring glory. And we see this, that this is the agenda that we need to have. That in everything that you do, you will be going to work tomorrow. You'll be going to a call center. You'll be going to your office. You'll be going to the courtroom. Guess what? You are building the house of God and advancing the kingdom of God wherever you are. Amen. Where the people of God is, the presence of God is with them. Come on now. We're advancing the kingdom of God. We're salt and light. And ultimately, it's a shift of perspective. I'm not building my house anymore, God. I'm not building my house anymore. I'm building your house. And as I build your house, you're building mine. Let God build your house. As you build God's house, He will build our house. God's presence, His promise is, I am with you. And this is the ultimate promise. When Moses faced God in Exodus chapter 33, God said, My presence will be with you and I'll give you rest. And Moses prayed a prayer, Lord, if your presence will not go with us, do not send us out from here. Because what else can distinguish us from the people of the world except the presence of God. The presence of God is the distinguishing mark that we are His children, that we are the people of God, that we are part of His family. And I'd like to end with this. God with us means He will 
take care of us. Amen. He will take care of you. He will take care of your house. He will take care of your needs. Come on now. God with us means He will take care of us. Let's all stand up right now and honor the Lord. We'll be praying in a while. In fact, I feel led to pray right now. We started by saying, is it time? Lord, it's not time yet to build my, your house because I'm busy. Guess what? The Spirit of the Lord is saying right now, it's time. Today's the day of your salvation. Today's the day of new beginnings. Today's the day of having a fresh relationship with me. Today's the day. Now is the time to build the house of God. Yes, we have gone out of the pandemic. Yes, it's still fresh. Yes, we have still suffered, you know, physically. We've still suffered emotionally, you know, painfully, mentally. Yes, but the Holy Spirit is saying to this body and to those of you who are watching, I'll take care of you. Build my house. Put me first. Surrender your needs to me and I will give you rest. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victoryalabang.church.